welcome to the Table Talk podcast, where we sit down, pull up a chair, and we get started. This podcast is designed to provide you packed full of information to help you with your training, nutrition, lifestyle, and well-being, where we interview myself through case studies to give you lifetime experience. And then we also interview high-performing individuals or other career-focused people who are looking to make changes in their lifestyle, training, nutrition, and well-being. So let's pull up that chair and let's go. Yo, yo, welcome to Table Talk. Carl here with a special guest, Jim Shanahan. Now, for those that might not know who this gentleman is, um, like most trainers in the industry, they you know they started young, got the certs, and they've been PTs for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And literally from a lot of trainers, we speak from experience more from our client's success. So I had a client, he was director of finance or he was a general manager, you know, he was overweight. We got him into shape and got him looking good and, you know, they fell in love with health. But Jim is actually a man who's gone the opposite. So he actually is that person. He's was a director of finance, then he was a general manager, realized that where he was going didn't align with what his values were and literally changed and became a trainer himself. As you can see, there's the sip of tea or coffee right there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as we do. So I'm really actually excited to have him because he actually has in himself personal experience. So not from client success. So he's had lots of success with clients, but he can actually come from a place of like compassion, experience, and really can resonate with people. And it's a really powerful, in my opinion, a powerful thing that you can do. So if you're a trainer or someone listening, really practice what you preach, put yourself in that position and understand it. Now, I'm not saying be a director of finance, but if you could, man, like the knowledge you would have to pass on to clients is incredible. So really excited to have Jim Shanahan on the podcast today to talk to us about himself, his journey, and then more about his business. So Jim, welcome. Oh, thanks, Carl. Very excited to be here. So uh, um, thank you for the introduction. Very kind. Yeah. Long enough or too short? Probably too short. That, your experience. No, that was that was good. <laughs> yeah, I think and you, I, think I didn't even really. say this, this new company, Five Dog Runners. Oh, <clears> it was a bit too short. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, maybe we can check that in at some stage. But yeah, that's fine. I think yeah. we'll cover everything we need to. So yeah, welcome to Table Talk. I'm really glad to have you. I think this is your first podcast you've done. Yeah, it is. I've done some um, public speaking more from a, when I was working in finance and. You know, um, made a few presentations. Um, you know, one down in Canberra, a couple down, a couple online during COVID. Um, yep. So, yeah, have had a little bit of experience this before, but um, yeah, this is from a slightly different angle. You know, talking about my new career as a coach. So, yeah, yeah very exciting. Before we dive into that, because you said public speaking, what um, how did, what was your first time like doing public speaking? Yeah, pretty nerve-wracking. I mean, I, I think it's um, something that doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. Um, I'm a little bit of an introvert myself, so um, the idea of standing up in front of a room full of people is, you know, a little bit horrifying. But, you know, I, I think you've just got to make sure that you do your homework and, you know, get yourself prepared and um, know what you're talking about. And then, and I think the, the, the key is to, you know, not write everything down verbatim and read everything you know you've just got to have you know a couple of points that you can, you can talk about so luckily for me today i can you know talk about running until the cows come home so um yeah hopefully we should be okay <laughs> that's not on my dot points though <laughs> so, right. no. so dot points be prepared just like obviously anything in life be overly prepared is my motto that i like 
So yeah, I think. Um, to start with, for those that are listening, today's podcast is really just getting to know Jim himself. So the personal experience side. Then um, we're actually then going to dive into the business model. So there'll be our next bonus episode, which will be talking about the 5K runner, or um, which I'm actually interested in because Jim's got a program called Couch to 5Ks. There's a lot of programs out there, but he's got his own experience and uh, twist to it. So we're going to dive into that. So if you're someone who doesn't like running or if you're sitting on the couch listening to this then jump onto the next episode and maybe give that program a go so jim what does a typical day look like for you and i guess for you what was it like before director and now with the pt knowledge health and fitness that you have so there's two-part question there so what was your routine before and now yeah, look, I, I think, um, yeah, before COVID when I was working, yeah, as an accountant, um, probably, well, definitely not taking as much care of my health as I should have. So um, part of the journey that I've come through is I've lost about 12 kilos. Um, obviously, that's, um, yeah, been really beneficial for my own running. But I, I think there's, you know, I have a little bit of understanding uh, of my own clients, so um, as well as, um, being involved in Five Dog Runners, I also work with Vision Personal Training in Five Dog. Um, so we have a lot of clients who are, you know, in their forties, fifties, sixties. You know, busy professionals. Um, you know, people who've maybe put the kids and the job first, and you know, now find themselves overweight. So I, I think, you know, I, I come with a lot of uh, understanding as to the journey that you know these people are going through. Um, I, I think too um, with yeah, some of the clients, yeah, they prefer having a, a, an older PT um, simply because, you know, I understand, you know, uh, why they don't bend the way that a 20-year-old does and maybe some of the uh, 20-year-old PTs have a little bit you know, less empathy and understanding for, you know, why their 60-year-old client can't do that. Um, like a 20-year-old. <laughs> Whereas I've, I've got the same aches and pains in the morning, so I, I have a little bit more appreciation for, you know, what they're going through. It's even but funny I, my think... hamstrings started cramping. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, well, I think some of my clients are single-handedly keeping the medical professionals in, um, you know, Abbotsford, Dremont and Five Dot Running. So, um, yeah, yeah well. that's... One of those things as you as you get older, you know, you're going to have to deal with injuries, and yeah, you know, as a PT or coach, yeah, you know, we we need to um, yeah factor those injuries into their their training mm. program. So your routine now really is just more <laughs> probably intuitive, more like you're listening to what's going on day to day, like the aches or niggles, and just adjusting to that. Yeah, I, I I think it's there's probably more about consistency. Um, so, yeah, I, I used to get up at about 6.30, you know, yeah, when I was working in my accounting role. Now I get up about 5 o'clock most mornings. Um, I, I used to love a good sleep in on a Sunday, but, yeah, then the, the problem if you sleep in too much, you can't get to sleep on a uh, Sunday night. So, yeah. you know, and you need to, yeah, factor that into how that's going to affect your training. Um, so I, I think definitely, you know, I've got a better better eating routine, um, particularly in the mornings, you know, don't skip breakfast anymore. Yeah, it's very important to, you know, have breakfast, you know, if you're going to be, you know, go, I, I run at 6 or 6.30 in the morning, you know, three times a week with clients. Um, so, you know, need to be properly fueled for that. 
uh, but you also need to make sure that you've had you know good good night's rest so that you can um, you know have enough energy to do the do the work. No, not only do the running, but also to you know got a few split shifts. So you know you got a, you might be mm. starting at six a.m. and then you've got a client you know at seven p.m. So you know you've got to make sure that you're properly fueled and rested. Oh yeah, all day, and then they don't show up. Mm. Um, yeah, of <laughs> Yeah, that is the case sometimes. Yeah. Um. So, are you eating breakfast then running, or do you run then eat? Yeah. So, so I like to eat before um, I run. But um, one of the things I do when I'm running is I'll have something like an up and go, which is like liquid liquid carbs. Um, and I wouldn't really recommend that to you know clients as a as their go to breakfast. But you know, if you do want to. Um, yeah, have something before you you run. Um, liquids can be a lot easier for the stomach to keep down. So, I, I think a lot of people, if they are going to start out on a running journey, they catch the five k. They sort of need to yeah mess around with what um, you know they can eat before their race. Um, I, I know that some people follow the the adage that if you you know don't eat before you exercise, you'll burn more fat because you don't have any carbs in your system. Um, whereas I'm more of the view that you need to um, eat to train and eat to perform. So, yeah, I'm very much about you know, making sure that you've got those that energy before you get into the gym or before you go to the run so that you can, yeah, have a high-intensity session and get the most out of the session. Yeah, because um, isn't it when you – so if I was to fast and then I run, yes, I'd burn more fat then, but I'm just going to put that weight back on through the day, right? Yeah, look, I, I think with with people, the, the danger of doing that to, um, you know, make sure you lose more fat is that, yeah, your your body metabolism could slow down if you you know if you're not eating frequently enough, um, and that's what yeah we see with a lot of people whereby yeah they're doing a lot of exercise but they're um, <clears throat> yeah not potentially not not even eating enough. Um, and they're eventually they'll get to a point where their body adapts and you know it, it's they stop losing weight simply because their metabolism is slowing down. Whereas I'm more of the school where you you know eat more carbs for breakfast and lunch, you know, and then less in the evening so that you don't have you know you don't go sit in the couch after a big bowl of pasta and you know all the carbs you know get turned into fat. So. So very much um, getting my carbs in early and and really only having yeah salad or or veggies and carbs for dinner. Okay, and so carbs and um, so just meat and veg for dinner time. And does that so like that will go into my next question, which is what's the so we've got the morning routine. We're going liquid gold up and go. Uh, Banana is my favorite, yeah. <laughs> and then the nighttime routine. You're eating quite light. Um, and is that have you found that helps you with sleep or like what's the regime you have here at night time? Yeah, so so probably having a a light dinner of um you know protein and um yeah a bit of salad or veggies um probably you know have more you know white fish and chicken yeah it's a little bit leaner than than the red meat and um <clears throat> yeah salmon's really good in. Yeah, omega three and other essential oils, but it's a little bit fattier than the, the white fish. So, you know, I, I do have that once a week, but, but probably not as a go to. Um, you know, I, I try and get to bed at a regular time of like before, you know, ten p.m. 
um, just so that I can get at least seven hours sleep. You know, I'd like a little bit more, but that's that's not always possible. Um, and yeah, but just yeah, making sure that you know everything's prepared for the next day, so that yeah, I'm not looking for running shorts or anything at yeah you know, uh, a quarter past five in the morning with with yeah. the lights off, not trying to wake the rest of the house. So, so quite a simple routine, really, for you to go to. So you're not doing like magnesium scrubs and oils. You're just doing a light meal. Um, yeah, I, I do have a bit of magnesium to uh, yeah help the help the muscles repair. Yeah. Um, yeah, just try and try and look after myself and make sure that I'm ready for yeah my next race. So part of it's um, yeah making sure that you know I'm in the best shape to, you know, coach and, you know, train my clients, uh, but also to making sure that, yeah, when I do have those gaps in between clients, I can, yeah, do my weights and do my running and do that, yeah. Um, focus around performance. So, yeah, making sure, like, how's, so we've got, <clears throat> we're checking in the morning, we're checking at night, making sure that, like, how am I feeling, what's going on, have some magnesium, uh, light liquid meal in the morning, just so we've got energy fueling that body to perform yeah. the run. Yeah, well, well, and we're not doing all the, uh, you know, we're not doing oils and scrubs and concoctions and chanting. We're just taking a light meal, magnesium, sleep. <laughs> no, I, I do like a protein shake in the morning. So, um, yeah, just to try and make sure, yeah, I've got enough um, protein for my muscles to build and recover. Uh, and that's probably one of the things we, we notice a lot of vision is that, yeah, you know, in general, people don't get enough protein, so that's that's probably something we we focus on. People, um, what's yeah, a good number for people? So I, I think I think with with vision, we probably have a higher um, protein um, goal in the macros. So it's probably about a third, you know, of their macros. Whereas a lot of other um, nutrition plans will see more carbs so but a lot of our clients are weight loss clients so part of that is building lean uh, muscle so the metabolism increases yep. um, and part of that is just in in general we find people when they come to us are eating way too much carbs yeah you know, and not enough protein yeah okay regardless of the time when they have the carbs um, I, I think the second biggest issue for a lot of people, um, you know, is eating the carbs at the wrong time of day. So, you know, a, a common, common story I'd hear would be, um, oh, I'm too busy to have breakfast. You know, so they don't have breakfast. They uh, have, you know, a, a salad for lunch because they're, they're dieting um, and they get to four o'clock and they're absolutely starving because they basically haven't eaten anything all day. So, you know, they haven't had enough food um, and, that, and that tends to lead to two two things either they have uh, unhealthy snacks at three o'clock or four o'clock or they go home and they have an enormous bowl of pasta rice potatoes uh, and, a, and a really big meal and then they just then they go sit on the couch and don't do anything so they don't burn off any of those calories so one of the big things is trying to get people to have the calories yeah and the carbs in particular earlier in the day yeah okay cool um well obviously because you fuel right so you got your carbs in the morning um what is a typical routine <clears throat> like i'd say routine for you for the week and then what are you currently doing like so when it comes to training most people have a four-week plan but from what we've talked about it doesn't 
sound like you do every four weeks. It sounds like you've got something much more structured. So what does that look like at the micros, the week to week, and then a macro, the bigger scale? Yeah, so I'll probably start with the macro. So yeah. um, I, I, I got on the idea of periodization, you know, when I was doing my cert for, you know, and looking about having an annual plan for my training. So I think one of the things I'd struggled with. Um, you previous, really? Yeah, uh, because I plan around the races. Um, <laughs> so what I used to do was I'd train for a specific race. Yeah, you know, I'd have my, say, you know, 16-week training plan for a marathon. And then the running would drop off a cliff after, you know, I you know, finished the race, right? So yep. I'd make all these gains, you get up really high, and then I just go back down. So, you know, I'm probably doing, um, you know, 40Ks a week when I'm not training per se. Um, and then that builds up, you know, based on what the event is. Um, but I think through trial and error, what I found is working for me, works for me is like, um, you know, <clears throat> uh, a bit like a, a rugby league player, right? You're going you're to have your off-season, right? So, yeah, you finish the season. Yeah, you're going to have your, say, you're going to have a four weeks or a month or so of recovery, um, and that's the time where you just let your body repair. You know, I mean, usually for me that'll be around, you know, we have a family holiday somewhere, we, like, go away or something like that. Um, and you can sort of like, yeah, relax a little bit more. Um, then in your pre-season, and, and this works for me as it, as it does for a footy player, yeah, that's when I'll do a lot of heavier weights um, and start building, um, yeah, that muscle base. Um, so probably at that stage I'll be training three times, like doing weights three times a week, um, but I'd still be running um, probably about 40Ks a week, but at light intensity. Now then, as as the um, season goes on, I probably start off doing like five k's and ten k's uh, races, so that I'm working on my speed. Um, but at the same time, my endurance is coming up, um, and then later in the season, I'll be looking more at half marathons, marathons, um, trail runs, and the such like, because I've already got that, um, you know, speed work that I need to be able to do that at the pace I want. But I'm building up my endurance as I come through the year um and by that, that stage is that over three days or four like so you've got speed days five 10ks and then you get your light endurance so one's getting faster whilst the other's getting longer yeah so i'll i'll, I'll do a long run on a on a sunday or a tuesday depending on yep. yeah what my my schedule is um from a running perspective you need to do 80 percent of your runs as easy runs now, that'll be more of a, a mileage rather than, say, you're running five days a week, four or easy. Um, so one of the things that a lot of people do, and I'll touch on this more when we talk about the cash to 5K, um, and it's a bit like weights, right? Pe- people do too much too soon and they get they get injured. So it's about... What? No. <laughs> We're not an all or nothing society. <laughs> but it's it's the same deal, right? You know, you, you've, you've got to actually get your, you know, if you were running... You know, um, a couple of times a week, and yeah, you, know, you, you try meters. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden you've got a plan that says you need to be running thirty k's a week. It takes you a while to build up the thirty k's. You can't just go out and you know run thirty k's and expect you know not to get injured. So, so for me, it's then that you know by the time I'm doing you know the peak of the marathon training, you're talking seventy plus k's a week, um, and 
you know, you, you, you need to manage that intensity so that you're not getting injured. So you'll still be doing some speed work, but there'll be a lot of, yeah, long, slow runs. So what we're doing, so your routine, you're doing four times a week where <clears throat> three is long, like endurance, and then you've got one speed day, which is the intensity. Yeah, so I'll, I'll do um, one long run. I'll do like a fartlek, which is Swedish for speed play, so something where you're doing like maybe half an hour or so, but you're doing, um, yeah, quick intervals with a, a recovery in between. Um, and then a lot of my other running will be running with clients. So I do yeah, two run three times. Yeah, so I do two run clubs a week with Vision, and I run. Um, I I also coach uh, cross country at a local school, um, and I have a, a run with the students on Thursday morning as well. So probably doing five or six runs a week, um, but but definitely need to keep in that speed work and need to keep in that long run. And my next question is about um, like. Would be how do you how do you manage? You wake up and you're like, oh, not today. Like, is it just you still run but just slower, or you just are you doing light stretching and you go, hey guys, run around the block? Like, how does that look for one of those days that you're just like not feeling it? Yeah, I, I think I think in general, if you're going to miss a run, you need to miss one of your easy runs. So if it's a day where you should be doing speed work or a long run. You know, I try and shift that to another day if I have to. Um, and that's where, you know, having Tuesdays off, yeah, it gives me that flexibility of pushing the Sunday long run to a Tuesday if I need to. Um, and with the speed work, I can, yeah, I can flick that around to another day if I need to. So if I if I do need to take a day off or, or just have it, you know, an easy one, um, maybe I do a little bit less running, um, you know, when I'm coaching. So, because you, you always have the option of running with them and setting the pace, or you could go down to a 400-metre track or an oval and, you know, get them to do, you know, work around the oval. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, um, interesting. My hamstring keeps cramping. I think my body's itching for the days I used to run. So in summary, you're doing probably about five runs, three with groups, two, so two with vision uh, community and then one with school kids, which is amazing. Yeah. Typically, to set a pace, so we're holding a steady speed but building your endurance. We then have a long run, which is building over time towards the event. So if you're doing a marathon, you're slowly building that up towards that distance. And then we have a fart leg day, which is, I'm just going to spitball, but say for 30 minutes straight, but you're doing, say, 500 meters fast and then 200 rest, and you do that for 30 minutes, if, like, an example. Um, And... Your, the fundamental thing is I'm flexible on these these moderate days of a standard distance, let's say it's five kilometers, but the two days I won't miss is the fight like speed day and the long endurance day. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and, well, and, cool. You just can't miss those out because if, if they're the ones that go, you, you're probably not going to be in the you know, peak you know, condition when you get to race day. Yeah, okay. So the non-negotiables. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So then that's your, and what about weight training? Do you do much there or is it just running at the moment? Yeah, so um, in the um, off season, it'll be like three days a week. Um, yeah, probably um, half an hour or so. Uh, but at the moment, it's like two half hour sessions. So it's more maintenance at this stage. So you still want to have strong legs in particular for running. 
Um, you want to have a strong core, which gives you stability, stops you from you know, going side to side and you know, losing losing energy. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, I, I think from an injury prevention and from a performance perspective, you know, definitely doing a lot of work on the legs. Yeah. And are you, so it's just, do you do two full body workouts or is it just you just train legs twice? No, I do full body workouts. Um, and I've, I've tried different things of like antagonistic and synergistic, but yeah, I just prefer the simple, you know, um, full body on two days a week. I think that just works best for me. Yeah. And what's that look like? Like lap pull down, superset it with calf raises, then you do chest with lunges? Yeah. So it'll, pro- it'll probably be, um, you know, one chest, you know, one back, a um, couple of legs. Um, yeah, a bit of core and maybe chucking some, yeah, biceps, triceps, shoulders, yeah, but not as a, yeah, um, priority. Yeah, it's more more compound exercises rather than isolated exercises. So we got routines, we got nighttime routines, we got training, um, we have from finance to presenting, public speaking into now. What? Three lifetimes, right? So over those lifetimes, what are probably the three biggest like milestones or achievements you've had that's kind of brought you to today? Yeah, I, I, I think probably a, a few things come to mind. Um, probably from a probably from a running perspective, you know, having done ten marathons is something that you know I'm really proud of, um, and obviously trying to do more and. You know, I've got Sydney Marathon coming up and, yeah, trying to get, you know, improving my pace as I go through. Um, I think from, you know, a, a career perspective, you know, having, having worked as an accountant for, you know, nearly 30 years, um, doing the career change was a big thing for me. And, you know, it's... And it hasn't always been easy, but it's. I think it's. Um, yeah, I'm lucky that I'm in a position where I can do something, you know, that I love, and yeah, we we um, yeah financially we're okay, so I can sort of yeah step back from you know working as an accountant. My kids have grown up now, um, <clears throat> and I don't I don't necessarily you know regret the accounting career because it enabled me to work overseas. Um, and live I lived overseas in England and Ireland for eleven years, and you know that um, yeah it was a career that you know you can do anywhere. So which which gave me the the freedom to you know travel and you know also do a lot of travelling. Yeah, with work I worked with Citibank at the time, and you know um, worked in the uh, Central Eastern Europe, Middle East, and Africa division. So did a lot of lot of travelling to countries that maybe you know, I wouldn't have gone to as a tourist. So that was that was quite interesting. Um, the land of no tan, love it. <laughs> I'm from yeah. Ireland, as you can tell. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I lived in Dublin for nearly two years, and that that was a great time. I think my my Aussie accent actually got worse while I was over there because you know, you'd walk into a pub and order a beer, and everyone's like, "Hey, you're from Australia, you know?" And yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. So I think my my accent, yeah, well, I played it up a little bit, so yeah, it got worse. <laughs> two years while yeah, I was there. Have a Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, yeah, look, that's a, in, in that's my career as an accountant, 
um yeah i've been being proud of yeah being able to change careers and yeah i think think i'm now in a good place having had it's only like two and a half years but got the experience through working through vision and i've learned a lot there um and looking at yeah moving off on my own with five doc runners and trying to expand yeah mm. my business working for myself um <clears throat> so yeah it's been um an interesting two and a half years but yeah really excited about the next step of yeah, really launching into five dog runners. So highlight is running marathons, 10. It's a lot. Um, two is the really the previous career that you had and then the journey and transition into vision and now into um, five dog runners. Yeah, and, and yeah, raising, raising a family on the way. So I've got uh, yeah, two grown-up daughters now that I'm very proud of. Um, you're a troublemaker yeah. when you're a kid. <laughs> <laughs> They've... Um, what before we like go to that is what was it because you've you've you have a family you have two daughters a wife and dogs don't forget the dogs oh um but my my real question here is like what was the transition for you like were you a client at vision did you one day you woke up and you're like i'm changing like but it took time to prepare and get you there or was it i woke up one day and i said you know what? I've had a good thirty years. Now I'm going to do this. Like, what was that like? What what what, what was that? Yeah, it was more. I, I was um, working in a federal government role, and yeah, I was looking at um, yeah leaving that. I'd been there for nearly five years and and wanted to change. And you know, the decision point came to: well, do I want to do another accounting role, or do I want to do something else? And the more I thought about that. Yeah, the idea of another five years in, you know, in a role, you know, working for federal government or state government or or even in commerce, yeah, just wasn't appealing to me. So um, I had a good thing about, you know, what do I really want to do with my life and, um, you know, wanted to become, you know, healthier myself and, you know, that was part of losing the 12 kilos uh, and, you know, also helping other people, you know, with that. So I've, I've worked with... Yeah, a few PTs across the years and yeah, gotten good value out of yeah what they've done with me. Um and I thought, yeah, that would be a good way to yeah, learn about yeah, the business. I mean, to get to the stage of running your own business, you yeah, you sort of need to have a little bit of credibility, but also, yeah, from my perspective, I like to try things before, you know, I do it with a you know, a client or client. So mm. yeah, if I'm if I'm going to build a running session for the students or yeah for the um, clients of Vision, yeah, I'll I'll do that training session myself earlier in the week and yeah see if there's anything that needs to be tweaked. Um, but but want to have a good understanding of what they're going to go through and yeah is it going to achieve their their goals of endurance or speed? Yeah, how are they going to feel after 20 25 minutes? Because um, I know if if you know I'm doing a session and I'm yeah, shattered after 25 minutes, you know, yeah, someone who's a less experienced runner is, is really going to be struggling. So, you know, you need to be able to adapt anything to cater for both, you know, accomplished and experienced runners and, and new runners as well. So I think it was just, you know, that idea of there wasn't going to be any real, you know, satisfaction, you know, you know working in accounting anymore and that, you know, I was going to be working for another, you know, 10, 20 years, just wanted to be doing something that I, that I loved. Okay. So you changed from accounting to accountability. 
<laughs> it still has to have accounting in it. Yeah. I wish I'd come up with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, amazing. So this brings us to the end of the podcast. So from a man who went from raising a family, daughters, uh, loving wife, and dogs, don't forget about the dogs, people, um, they're humans too. <laughs> She's just here, actually. <laughs> Um, to then really coming to a point in his career where he ticked the milestone and just said, what next? Do I continue? Um, and he said, no, but it has to have accounting still in it. So accountability was what it was. Um, now into a career of personal training, really helping transform people's lives. So really excited about today's podcast with Jim. So thanks for having us or thanks for coming on. Um, but I'm looking forward to getting him back on. And we're actually now going to talk about five, the five kilometer the five doc runners club and how he's really built a community of runners and just literally helping people that like himself have gone from zero to five Ks and now running marathons. So tune in next time and we'll see you soon. Hey, thanks so much for joining the episode of table talk today. We hope you found some helpful tips and inspiration in staying healthy and fit, even with a busy schedule. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Stay tuned for our next conversation. Until then, Keep prioritizing yourself, your health, your fitness, and we'll see you on the next Table Talk.